Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We have a lot of show today, breaking down news of the day. We got none other than Ravana, host of Reactions on Twitch. You can find that twitch.tv forward slash TYT. Also in the bullpen, my debate segment, Mr. John Hawkins, owner of culturalcital.com and also author of a book, 101, 101 things all adults, young adults should know. He wants to debate me about Joe Rogan. This is going to be interesting. Top news story of the day. There's a sheriff deputy, that's him. He has been arrested because of extreme heinous crimes against children. This is in DeKalb County, Georgia. Now this story is going to highlight the insanity and evil that can be associated with the profession of policing. But it also highlights leadership at the DeKalb County Sheriff's Office. Let me bring your attention to the deputy who was behind bars. Let's put up his picture. His name is Derek Gardner. Derek Gardner is a deputy sheriff for the DeKalb County Sheriff's Office who has now been recently fired. He has been charged with rape, child molestation and more. Officials say that this 34 year old Derek Gardner of Stone Mountain, Georgia was arrested by DeKalb County Police on Sunday. At that time, Gardner was employed with the DeKalb County Sheriff's Office. So let me make a distinction here. He works for the Sheriff's Office, but the county also has a police department. They have two different departments. Constitutionally, the Sheriff's Office outranks the police department. They are not the same agency, they do not have what's called a consolidated government or police protocol. So these are two different agencies that operate in the same jurisdiction. Still, he's a cop. This cop was arrested by cops that know him. Officers charged Gardner with trafficking of persons for sexual servitude, rape, child molestation, first degree, cruelty to children, enticing a child for indecent purposes and aggravated sexual battery. After his arrest, the DeKalb County Sheriff's Office immediately terminated his employment. Now let me put up a picture of the sheriff. Her name is Melody Maddox. Sheriff Maddox is the first woman to ever be elected sheriff in that county. And she is one of the very few sheriffs to be elected as a woman in the state of Georgia, period. She happens to be African American and she wasted no time. Now come back to me for a minute, cuz I need you to understand this. She could have waited for the results of the investigation. She could have did the innocent until proven guilty. She could have did the he's on administrative leave. She did none of that. This sheriff, Utilize her executive authority against any pro-police advocacy and fired him immediately and has him booked inside of her jail, even though she had the option to ship him to another jail because he in fact is a sheriff or was a sheriff's deputy under her jurisdiction. She said, uh-uh, not only are we going to terminate him, We are going to house him right here. And then what did this sheriff do? 
immediately released all of the information on her social media pages to the media. She wasted no time. Let me read to you some of it in just a moment. The press release that came from this sheriff came out literally minutes after the arrest. Talk about transparency. Firing immediate, press release immediate. It says a 34 year old deputy employed with the DeKalb County Sheriff's Office was arrested in DeKalb County by the DeKalb County Police Department. Stone Mountain resident Derek Gardner, this is the press release. Derek Gardner was charged with trafficking of persons for sexual servitude, rape, child molestation, cruelty to children in the first degree, enticing a child for indecent purposes and aggravated sexual battery. Gardner's employment has been terminated. Gardner was taken into custody on the 6th and booked into the Cab County Jail where he is being held without bonds. Now obviously, this individual, these accusations, if true, he's a monster. He's a monster who never deserved a badge in the first place. For him, that police uniform is a costume because he makes a joke out of it, okay? Now, the sheriff responded the right way. This is a woman in a male dominated industry doing what other sheriffs and chiefs tell us. Oh, we just we just can't do that. We have to wait till the outcome of the investigation. We're going to suspend until this is resolved. She did none of that. She said, "Oh, he's fired today." I hope that some of the other executives in law enforcement are taking notes. Because this is how you handle it. Because this cop has eroded the public trust under her leadership. She ran as a reformist. She said she would have the most transparent sheriff's office in the history of that county. And this is a campaign promise kept. My dear sister, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, it's wonderful to see such decisive and swift action coming out of you know the sheriff's department in this case, because so often we don't see it and stories like this make you Wonder how many times are things like this swept under the rug? Mm. How many cops are doing the exact same heinous crimes as this deputy sheriff was, but their department protects them? They don't fire them, you know, they don't disavow them, they aren't transparent, they sweep it under the rug, they protect them. And and the people who are being victimized find no justice because you know there's this culture, this white supremacist culture within police departments where they protect one another. But it, it's, it is good to see that break in this instance. And I hope that the victims of his horrific, disgusting crimes do find justice. And that if, you know, that, that a jury does find him guilty of these just atrocious things. Yeah, we're gonna follow this story from top to bottom. But I'm, I'm glad to see leadership stepping up. My thoughts and prayers are with the victims of this particular monster. Um, But we are going to follow this all the way through. Looks like an attempted copycat killing. The way Ahmaud Arbery was killed, that father-son duo. Well, it looks like another father-son duo tried to do the exact same thing to another young black male who was delivering for a national company. Let me bring your attention to Mr. Gibson. Let's put up his picture, okay? 
That's Mr. D. Monterio Gibson. He's a black FedEx driver. He was making deliveries in Brookhaven, Mississippi. Two white men chased him, tried to trap him, and they shot at him, and they shot up his truck. And all he was trying to do was deliver packages per his orders. Put up the mug shot of the two men who are accused at this of this heinous crime. Now, keep their mug shots up because I wanna show you a cause and effect here, all right? Everyone knows Mr. Gibson was a victim of a crime, everybody knows it. What is Mr. Gibson doing now? He's currently on unpaid time off from FedEx. They're not even paying the brother after he was shot at and had to flee those two individuals that if things went the other way would right now be arrested for murder. So he's on unpaid time off after FedEx tried to put him back on the same route, he resisted for obvious reasons. So he goes back to FedEx, they say, you know, well, we're gonna give you the same route tomorrow. Mr. Gibson said, hail to the null. Now, I'm sure he didn't say it that way, but basically, why would you put me on the same route? They just tried to kill me. Why would you do that? Why would you traumatize this young man like this again? Why would you do this, right? So FedEx said they are going to do what they can do to change his route. But in the meantime, in the meantime, mm, you're on unpaid time off, all right? Uh, so Brandon Case and Gregory Case put their pictures up again. Those are the individuals, father, son duo, Brandon and Gregory, isn't that interesting? They turned themselves in to the Brookhaven police, that's in Mississippi. They were bailed out on $150,000 and the $75,000 bond. Respectively, those are your criminals, all right? Those are the people who chased this young man down. Let me give you some background as to what happened on that day. This is according to the Mississippi Free Press. The driver, 24 year old D. Monterio Gibson of Utica, Mississippi, had just delivered a package around 7 p.m. on January 24th when he saw a white pickup driving toward him from a nearby residence located on a connected plot of land. He's lawfully there, he's doing his job, he clearly has on a FedEx uniform, he's delivering a package, what happens? Gibson told the free press and I quote, in my mind, I'm thinking the driver is leaving to go to the store or something like that. But then they get extremely close to me and start blowing their horn. I proceed to leave, to leave the driveway, as I'm leaving the driveway, he starts driving in the grass, trying to cut me off. Sounds familiar? My instincts kick in, I swerve around him. And I start hitting the gas, trying to get out of the neighborhood because I don't know what his intentions are. Sounds familiar? He's trying to leave the community now, just like the young brother Ahmaud Aubrey, okay? He's trying to avoid them, just like Ahmaud Aubrey did. I drive down about two or three houses. There's another guy, here's the trap. There's another guy standing in the middle of the street, pointing a gun at my windows and signaling to me to stop with his hands, as well as mouthing the word stop. I shake my head, no, 
I hide behind the steering wheel and I swerve around him as well. As I swerve around him, he starts firing shots into my vehicle, okay? That's a hell of a situation for a young worker to be in, okay? Now remember, he's on unpaid leave from FedEx because he refused to go on that same route again. According to the police, Brandon was the one armed with the gun while his father was the one driving the pickup truck. Once again, sounds familiar? As Gibson drove toward the end of the street, Gibson said one of his managers at FedEx called him and he told her what was happening. They're shooting at you? Question mark. Yes. Okay, head back to the station as soon as you can. What? The FedEx manager says, hey, Mr. Gibson, are they shooting at you? He says, yes. Well, just as soon as you can get to FedEx processing, just come to the station, we'll solve this later. They didn't even want him to file a police report immediately. It gets deeper, okay? As Gibson made his way out of Brookhaven, he noticed the pickup truck was still following him. Still following him, he's out of the community. Gibson says he went as fast as he could and was chased all the way to the interstate. Once he was about 10 or 15 minutes down the interstate. Think about how long this is. You know, one minute running away from someone with a gun feels like an eternity. This man has been doing it for about 20 minutes now total, all right? Okay, once he was about 10 or 15 minutes down the interstate, And the white pickup truck was no longer following him. Gibson said he called another manager and told him what had happened. The manager told him they could file a police report the next morning. Once again, no urgency. They're not treating him like a victim. But Mr. Gibson decided to call dispatch himself and reported the incident, good for him. Gibson recounted the call saying, and I quote, I reached dispatch and let them know what was going on. And I only had a chance to get a little of the story out when he cut me off and he was like, were you at this address? I said, yes. He was like, well, I just got a call of a suspicious person at this address. I was like, sir, I'm not a suspicious person. I work for FedEx, I was just doing my job. Let's put a picture of this young man up again. Yeah, you know what's suspicious about him, right? Okay. I also let him know that they shot at me. So he's telling the dispatch, listen, these people shot at me. And he was like, well, they didn't tell me that. Of course they wouldn't. He told me to save the rest of my story, that he'd take my name down and give it to my supervisor. Once he made it back to the FedEx station, The first manager this young brother spoke with examined the back of the vehicle. What did they find? They found bullet holes inside of the vehicle, okay? Bullet holes. The truck was a Hertz rental with Hertz marking, but it was rented by FedEx. And the young man clearly had a full FedEx uniform on. The next day, Gibson and one of his managers went to the Brookhaven police, filed an official report. And according to the report, let's put this up, Miss. Candace Welch said that she was Mr. Gibson's boss. The van had at least two bullet holes, one in the back door, one in the bumper, and three packages inside had bullet holes in them. She also had a picture of a bullet 
that was still laying on the van, on the van. Gibson also told Free Press that one white officer whose name he did not know asked him if he had been doing anything to make them think he looked suspicious. I mean, you, you were shot at. Obviously, you did something here. Why would two white men just try to trap you and kill you? What did you do to them? That's basically what the cop is saying. Oh, there's more, okay? Brookhaven police did not respond to the free press request for a comment at the time of their reporting. Gibson said the police chief tried to emphasize how non-racist the community is. That the town of Brookhaven, we don't have racist here. Well, you know, that seemed odd to me, according to Mr. Gibson. The Brookhaven chief of police, Kenny Collins, is black. Brookhaven has a history of lynching. In 1955, civil rights activist Lamar Smith died after someone shot him on the lawn of the Lincoln County Courthouse in Brookhaven. Local police never charged any suspects with the crime. The attorney for Mr. Gibson said, told the Mississippi Free Press that he plans to ask the FBI and the Mississippi Bureau of Investigations, MBI, to open an official investigation. He also plans to ask the US State Department of Justice to prosecute this as a hate crime. The attorney, Mr. Moore, compared this to the Ahmaud Arbery murder, saying, and I quote, it's just sad that it happens. It seems to be a copycat duo copying off the Ahmaud Arbery case. They saw this man was a black man and they just hauled off and shot at him at multiple times. At least the younger son did. The older guy tried to entrap him. They were working concertedly to try to entrap and kill this man. I mean, they shot at him several times. It's amazing that he survived. I know that was lengthy, but it's necessary to tell the full story here. This is without question in my mind, an attempted copycat murder. Rayvon, what are your thoughts on this case? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. The facts of this, the setup of these two, you know, attempted murderers, is so similar to Ahmad Arbery. It's almost striking, really. And the fact that they were only charged with aggravated assault and yeah. conspiracy is such such a an undermining of justice. Not even attempted murder, aggravated assault. They shot at him. Multiple times, it was clearly planned. He was positioned in the middle of the road, and the the driver was steering him towards the man with the gun. It's clear cut. It should not be, you know, oh, could be aggravated assault. We we don't know if we could prove murder. You, it's clearly attempted murder in my yeah. mind. Um, you know, from what I've learned in law school, and on top of that, it's clearly a hate crime. I mm-hmm. mean, I've at the very worst. I don't believe they actually thought he was doing anything illegal. But even if they did, at the very worst, he trespassed. In no universe does a trespass allow you to shoot someone. Right. It was just an attempt to lynch a man in broad daylight. And thank God they missed. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that there still shouldn't be justice served. And 
we need to make an example out of the people who don't end up killing their victims. Because if we don't, then there will be more copycats. Right. We the Justice Department can't just wait until there's a dead body. They have to take proactive action in prosecuting the people who are trying to make their uh, trying to make more and more dead black bodies. I echo everything you said, 100% correct. Let me highlight how all of these systems failed this young man. You had a corporate system that failed him. FedEx failed him top to bottom. You had a judicial system that has failed him. The charges do not equate to the severity of the crime against him. And even the dispatch, as well as the police officers involved tried to make light of it. You had multiple failures, including the social failure, which created the atmosphere for the incident itself, the racism. So all of these systemic failures surround this young man within one point of his life. His corporate failure or the corporate failure around him, the systemic political failures, the systemic judicial failure, and now you have this, all right? We're gonna follow this story and the charges need to be appropriately applied. Let me take you to the South again. That's Commissioner Marvin Arrington Jr. He's a Fulton County Commissioner in Atlanta. His office was firebombed. Not too long after he got into a debate about the big lie with Trump supporters. Let's put up his picture, let's put up his full picture. Commissioner Arrington is a good guy, okay? Atlanta fire investigators are trying to find out who threw a firebomb in the Fulton County Commissioner's office. It was in his law office, which is in the county, he's an attorney, okay? This story has a lot of twists and turns. Now, let me remind you, fire bombs are specific to racism in the South, okay? Let's not forget that. The commissioner said the attack seems more like something out of the 1960s that he has read about in history books. He said, and I quote, in my commissioner role, I've been fighting against the big lie and overturning the election. And people are upset about that, Arrington commented. You know who else used firebombs? These guys, okay? You see those clowns? I got that picture from FBI.gov. They used firebombs because they wanted people to know who did it without specifically being held accountable for it. Commissioner Arrington said a contractor was actually in the building. He had somebody working in the building at the time of the firebombing. He said his quick response made a huge difference. Number one, the contractor startled the perpetrator. Number two, he lessened the amount of damage because he immediately called 911. The commissioner said he is now looking into cameras for the property and now has a firearm on his hip. He is now strapped, carries a gun with him, had his gun today, okay? They're unable to go to the office because it's severely burned. I just got my weapons carry license. I think you take precautions in the boxing ring. They call that protecting yourself at all times. Commissioner Arrington said with a smile, firebombing, what is it? 
is a bombing technique designed to damage a target, generally an urban area through the use of fire. Okay, you see where we are now, right? He's a whole damn county commissioner. Somebody drove up to his office, used specifically a firebomb, threw it in. They probably wanted to do more damage. But the reality is that commissioner, his contractor, his law partner, they could all be dead. They could all be dead right now. Ravana? I mean, it's just horrifying and so, so sad to see and, and to hear, you know, the it being described as, as like out of a history book, like yeah. old school textbook KKK racism happening in 2022 because it never went away, right? Um, and they're trying to intimidate him, you know, they're trying to, to scare him. And it's good that he's not intimidated now he's strapped and he's yep. not backing down but it, he shouldn't have to feel that way he shouldn't have to carry a firearm to protect himself um and i i wonder about the makeup of the police department and whether or not you know the same the people in that police department have sympathies for the people who are doing the fire bombings mm. and whether or not it will act swiftly and you know carry out justice and find who did it uh or if it'll just be another failure by a police department in this country. Um, but it's just such a sad story and I'm glad that he's okay and the, yeah. that the contractor is okay and everyone made it out all right. Yeah, you know, and I had a brief conversation with Commissioner Arrington um, earlier this morning. And the mayor, he said the mayor of Atlanta, Andre Dickens, who just got elected, reached out to him personally and said, and he's a black male. And said, we are going to solve this crime in this city. So we'll give you an update as soon as it comes. All right, we got more. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We still got a lot of show left. Always good to be with you. Thank you for making it happen. Watch list, the watch list, the big homie JR Jackson live weekdays. It's a remarkable show. 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Find out what stories you should be paying attention to. He covers a lot of ground, news, politics, culture, current events, sports, and more. This is a 10 week test series, all right? Here's how you can support. One, I need you to watch live every day. And don't forget to subscribe and follow at youtube.com forward slash watchlistTYT and facebook.com forward slash watchlistTYT. Also, very excited about this, all right? Um, and I've seen the trailer too. I mean, I'm even more excited about it. Oxy Kingpins. They're real. Check out the special online screening of the Oxy Kingpins on Kinema Thursday. That's on the 10th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. It will be followed by a robust QA with Jank. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Bitch, yeah. put, put it on your face. Put it on his face. All right, let's see. What's up, guys? So we're over here filming over here, exercising. Look what this lady wants to tell us. Go ahead. Let us know. Go ahead. I said you're a scumbag. Uh-huh. You're child pedophilers, uh -huh. bitches uh -huh. that turn into terrorists. Okay. You f each other's asses. 
suck each other's okay. and rape children and right. turning and you're ter terrorists now because you hate yourself so much. Okay. Now you're taking pictures in front of a plane right. to remind you of 9 11. Uh huh. I'm going to feel stupid taping this, right? Put it on you. Famous. <laughs> Alright, now let's get her license plate. Hey, you can't make this up. You can't make this up. Matter of fact, up. let me get your license plate. <laughs> Look at this girl. Well, Karen, I'm putting you everywhere. There's more. Here it is. I really, really, really feel stupid. No, I'm really gonna not going to feel stupid you're because be really you're not an American top team. You're American terrorists. Yeah. And God told me so. God is in your brain and your brain. How, hey, look, hey, hey, look, hold on. show how, everybody how stupid, who's you suck. How stupid show everybody you who's you suck. Talking about God. Show everybody who's you suck. Like a dumbass. Show everybody yeah, who's you yeah. his. Hey, his. He's a hoarder, too. Oh, you're <laughs> Come on, look at this. Oh, I know they're a little American. You're a hoarder. You're on the Middle Eastern and you're a hoarder watching hey, American television. Watch American hey. television about hoarders. That's American television. That's American television. God told me to come here with you two. Right. In front of the airplane. Right. Trying to act like you're so cool with 9 11. You suck his right? You're child pedophile. That's Africa shirt. That's Africa. That's right. That's not you. Africa loves God. You don't love God. You don't love God. You don't love Jesus. You don't love Jesus. You don't love Middle Eastern. 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 You don't love Middle You do not love Middle Easterns in America. You do not love Middle Easterns in America. You do not love Middle Easterns in Middle Eastern. You do not love these Middle Easterns in America. She's homophobic, she's racist, she's bigoted, she's ridiculous. Now, strap in because there's more. Like he's gonna sit on fire in hell. He's a, he hates no, Middle not. Easterns. He hates Middle Easterns. He hates Middle Easterns in America. Goodbye. Middle Eastern in America. You all hate Middle Eastern.
They're actually Brazilian. Now I know this is difficult to watch, but there's more. Hey, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Now, some of you may be confused as to what was happening in the end. This is what happens when you engage Karenicity for five minutes or more. Karenicity is actually infectious. So what you see right there is that individual who has now encountered a Karen and engaged the Karen for too long. He is now transforming into another creature. To everyone watching. Here's a new rule that we know to put in our Karenicity handbook. You cannot engage Karenicity for more than five minutes at a time, or you return it to this guy. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right, so I debated. I said, I don't know if I want to play the whole video. I don't know if I. So, anyway. I decided to play the whole video, Ravana, and here's why. Because even when I debated, I said, well, damn, that's a lot of Karenicity, right? I said, but these guys had to go through it. So I'm going to stand in solidarity with them and at least let people know the full throttle reality of what they had to experience with this one person. What were your thoughts watching that? Um, well, first, I want to say congratulations because you've done it, Doc. You found the final boss of Karenicity. It really is. <laughs> the epitome of Karens. I mean, she rolls up in her kind of beat down Chevy Tahoe, yeah. screaming uh, homophobic slurs, yeah. being Islamophobic to people who are not Muslim. <laughs> right. She's hitting uh, all the check marks here. Shirt that says uh, respect the earth or something, telling them how much God loves them. Car full of garbage, <laughs> screeching nonsense. Like she is, she is the the top of the Karen hierarchy. Um, but I, I think that her actions are also sort of you know emblematic of what a lot of uh, Islamophobia in America is, and racism more broadly is deeply ignorant, right? So I mean, yeah. aside from the fact that she's being Islamophobic to two people who aren't Muslim and are actually. Uh, Brazilian, or they're not Middle Eastern, they're Brazilian. Um, she's screaming about how they don't love Jesus. And I'm assuming that's because she thinks they're Muslim, which she clearly doesn't know anything about Islam if she thinks right. that Muslim people don't love Jesus. Um, I mean, she's just calling them terrorists and saying all these sorts of ignorant things. I mean, she doesn't even know what it is. It's just an innate, or not, not innate, but like a learned, angry, visceral hatred towards something that she genuinely doesn't know anything about. Um, but <laughs> And I feel bad for those guys who had to endure it. And I hope that they got some internet clicks and a little bit of clout for themselves <laughs> off of her insane yeah, rant. Somebody needs to check on that young man at the end. I, I don't know if, you know, it's like turning into a vampire. If if he's able to be snapped out of it before midnight, 
All right, we have a chance to save him when he doesn't turn. Black medical doctor, she goes to cash her check, to deposit it actually, open up a bank account. Well, it didn't happen the way she wanted it to happen. Let's put up a picture, okay? That is Dr. Malika Mitchell Stewart. Dr. Stewart says she just finished her residency on December 18th, 2021. She went to Chase's first colony bank to open an account and deposit $16,000. It was a check from her new job at Valley Oaks Medical Group. All right, 16,000. She's a doctor, she's working hard. She has a special moment, she wants to open up the account. According to the lawsuit, staff members at the bank asked peculiar questions about the validity of her check and her employment as a doctor. They did not believe she was a medical doctor. As soon as Dr. Mitchell Stewart showed employees at First Colony Branch her check, they immediately treated her like a criminal, the suit states. Mitchell Stewart said bank employees denied her services and said the check was fraudulent, but it was not. She told ABC 13 and I quote, it was an unfortunate situation. They took my special moment away. I felt like a criminal. I've never done anything wrong in order to get a Texas medical license or a medical license at all. You have to have a clean record. You have to go to school for so many years. And they just didn't care. They didn't respect that. They didn't respect my credentials. Now I'm gonna split hairs here, okay? Because the young lady is learning a very important lesson about racism in America. Uh, they don't give a damn what degree you have. They actually do respect their credentials. If you if you were a white woman with those credentials, hell, they may have given you an extra $16,000 when you opened up that bank account. But you didn't fit the narrative, you didn't fit the stereotype. You were outside of their normative understanding of academia and race, the brilliance of black excellence. You don't fit the mold here. Obviously, your check is fraudulent and you're a criminal. Now, I hope. Dr. Mitchell Stewart, that you have come to the realization that your credentials will not save you from racism. When it comes down to it, status, how much money you make, what kind of degree you have. For many in America, they try to obtain these things because they think they will gain acceptance into a white male dominated power structure. My job is to uproot it to destroy it, to call it out every time I see it. Her attorney, Justin Moore, added a quote and said, Dr. Mitchell Stewart showed proof of identification. She showed proof that she was a doctor by presenting a business card. She even called employees from her medical group to confirm who she was. Was that the equivalent to? She showed them her freedom papers. She had to show them her freedom papers. Now, let me show you how insane this is. That's $16,000 check she worked for. They're so racist that they won't even let her give them money. You gotta understand the irony here. She's not there to get money from them. She's there depositing the $16,000 check. 
She's there putting money into their bank. And they are so extreme in their bias against her. They have now treated her as a criminal. It gets deeper. ABC 13 reached out to Chase Bank officials sent back the following statement and said, we take this matter very seriously. I mean, damn Chase, very? Well, we're working with something here then and are investigating the situation. We have reached out to Dr. Mitchell Stewart to better understand what happened and apologize for her experience. We've seen it before, it's called banking while black. This woman had proper ID, a proper check. She showed her business card, showed her medical license. She showed all of this, right? It wasn't enough. Racism is real. Ravana. Yeah, I mean, this story just immediately made me think of a couple years back, I got a check from one of my scholarships for school and I had to deposit it. And at the time I was working in a summer camp with kids. It was like 90 kids, it was chaotic. I'm leaving work, going to the bank, sweatpants on, paint all over my shirt. I had Cheetos in my hair and I go to deposit this check. They ask for my ID, they take the money, that's it. That's all they asked for was my ID. Nothing, and I, I mean, I was out of breath. I look gross, and I'm walking in with a relatively big check. They didn't, they didn't second guess it. No question. No questions asked. Just, can I see your ID? Which is standard, uh, and they deposited it. No problem. I mean, this is just blatant racism, and the fact that they, it, it was, she never should have had to show her business card. She never, never should have had to have called the employees in her medical group, but she did, and they still looked her in her face and said, this isn't you, we won't take this check. But what they were really saying was, you are black. We can't believe that you would have this type of money. Mm-hmm. We don't want it. And it's just heinous and so, so dehumanizing. And I, you know, all solidarity with her. I feel very unfortunate that she had to go through this heinous racist situation. And I hope that she gets everything she deserves from this lawsuit. Well, we're gonna do what we can to make sure we expose it and that the bank does the right thing by her in the future if she chooses to continue to bank with them. My recommendation to the good doctor, find you a black bank that gives a damn about your black dollars, all right? Okay, we got more, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Let me read a couple of comments. I will read as many as I can. We are running short on time. Legacy the Silverhead Dragon says, pedophilia seems to be on her mind an awful lot. Projection? Uh, Lynn says, wow, how many conspiracies can messy truck Karen roll into one rant? Uh, Craig Chris Souffle says, Jesus wept after he laughed at this dumbbell Karen. Okay. Black woman working at the Confederate Museum that state funded has filed a discrimination suit. I kid you not. Let me take you to Alabama. A black woman who worked for 12 years as a receptionist at an Alabama Museum of the Confederacy has filed a racial discrimination complaint over her treatment while working there. Her name is Evelyn England. Let's put up a picture of the outside of this museum, all right? Museum of the Confederacy. Evelyn England told the Associated Press that she was often treated like as much of a curiosity while working inside the first White House of the Confederacy as were the various artifacts on display. 
such as the belongings of Jefferson Davis's family. Black people question why she worked there, I would too. While white visitors to the museum seemed to relish a safe space that did not challenge their comforting and inaccurate views of history. This is a fascinating background, let me give it to you as best as I can. When one person maintained that secession was only about preserving states rights, there's always a start somewhere, right? A view that had long been taught to Southerners as the root cause of civil war instead of slavery. So that's the mess they put out there. Oh, This was just about state rights, had nothing to do with slavery. All right, well, the one state right was they wanted to keep slavery legal, okay? So it's the same thing. She responded, but did everyone have the same rights? You love the Confederacy for what you think it stood for, your rights. She would think, what were they fighting about? Some would say states' rights. I have a problem with your solution of states' rights because all individuals in the state did not have the same rights. One day, an older white woman said, "Oh, the South will rise." To no one in particular, as she browsed in the gift shop, where the merchandise includes books, stickers of the first Confederate flag, and children's toys, including teddy bears in Confederate and Union uniforms. When the woman turned around to put more items on the counter, Miss England asked her, "What are you rising from?" She said the woman did not reply. If looks could kill, I'd be a dead woman, Miss England said. England is 62 years of age. She retired this week from a job funded by the state that paid $34,700. And it wasn't the friendliest of departures. State records show she was suspended for three days last month for refusing to sign a performance review. And she said she filed a racial discrimination complaint with the US Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. A state spokeswoman said the Department of Finance declined to comment on this personnel matter. Now I know some of you are thinking just the same as I was thinking. This is one of the most expected things that has ever happened to a black person. You are literally working at the White House for the Confederacy in Alabama. And people have been discriminatory, all right? But then I thought about it a little deeper. I said, you know, it is a state job, it's a taxpayer funded job, which means it has to be free from discrimination. And she has a right to be there just like anyone else. And obviously, she does a great job because she was there for 12 years. But she got paid $34,000 a year to go through that kind of racism every year. And I'm sure this is just the tip of the iceberg. Rayvon, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I kept going back and forth about the, you know, even just the headline of the story between yeah. this is the most believable thing I've ever heard, or and this is an onion article, yeah. right? This can't be real. And I'm the one, I mean, the, the I hope that the uh, she's successful with her EEOC charge, uh, and she's, you know, gets compensated for the discrimination she faced. I can't. Get over the fact that there's state funding to a museum that is seemingly celebrating the Confederacy to the point where they sell Confederate flag stickers and teddy bears and kids' toys. That's 
shocking to me. I guess I've not spent a lot of time in the South. I live in Chicago, but just the celebrating traders who wanted to protect slavery and the right to own black people to the point where you're selling gift shop items. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's shocking. Yeah, and I remind people all the time that when our tax dollars support these museums, they support the statues, street names. That means that you are forcing me to fund symbols of my own oppression. And you are forcing those who are not racist to do the same. For a minority group, a small demographic of racist people who are still claiming the South will rise again. All right. Thank you for being on the program, always a pleasure. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Yeah, absolutely, thanks so much for having me on. Every Thursday, right after your show, you can see reactions here on twitch.tv slash TYT. You can also see my videos for Rebel HQ on Facebook and on YouTube. Your show is so engaging, you are so analytical and so just authentic with your approach, great show. Love having you on the team, all right? Thank you. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.